This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal's Raw Reaction Show. Uh, looking back at the latest Arsenal fixture the morning after the night before in which Arsenal were eliminated once again in one of the early stages of the FA Cup. Arsenal losing 2-0 at home against Liverpool. Um, very disappointing. Uh, of course, I feel like I've said those words for the last however many weeks now, uh, talking about games. With Arsenal, I think, winning one of their last, what is it, at least five, six, maybe seven games. It has been a really, really poor run of fixtures. Um, and a break now ensues. We don't play a game until well, for another, another couple of weeks uh, before we play, of course, against Crystal Palace. But, uh, yeah, very disappointing indeed. Um, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about... Other things, I saw a comment before we started from Stephen Johnston who says, Tom, I've hit the like button before the show starts as I do every single day, but sadly won't be watching because yesterday's loss is still too raw. Keep up the great work you do, my friend. And Stephen, thank you for the kind words and dropping a like and I empathize with your frustration. It is, uh, it sucks right now. It really sucks right now. And we're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about it objectively as we always try our best to do. Now, uh, as Arsenal couldn't put the ball in the back of the net, StreamYard couldn't keep track of who was first in the chat box once again. So sadly, uh, we've lost track of that. <laughs> so I'll be saying good morning to those that StreamYard has seemingly um, caught track of, which is old Dave uh, and Dave and Matt G and Luke Shaw and Dave, uh, another Dave, lots of Daves this morning. Um, Martin, um, we've got, who else in here? Uh, b -b -b Dominic Raw, James Aditya. Um, we've got uh, Dominic Raw and everyone's talking. I, that's the problem with the, with the early point in the show. Everyone's names come up, blah, 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 blah. But by about 40 minutes after I've set up the show, everyone's in a conversation. So it's just back and forth. So basically what I'm going to be doing is reading out people's receipts. But good morning to those. Uh, I can still see people tuning in as we go live. That helps. Chanel, Dan, good lads. Uh, Aaron, 
Rowan, Fahim, uh, Kim, Mr. Rob, Jason, uh, Ernest Ace, Dao, uh, or Dao, uh, rather. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and joining me, especially on these days where it is not the easiest to do so. If you could still drop a like, it would be very much appreciated. Um, it is, as I say, a really dour period for the Gunners, and it makes sense that less people are enthralled by this club but we endeavor to try and bring you objective grounded analysis of what's going on around arsenal and uh, take things as trust me as seriously as we really can um we kick off of course by looking back at the overall picture and arsenal losing 2-0 against liverpool knocks us out of a competition that we have not got past the fourth round of for the past three seasons um really really frustrating. Uh, Arsenal was likely to score, I say there, as a Millsmith row is to start, it seems. And uh, the lineup in yesterday's game was basically what I wanted. I can't have too many complaints about the lineup at all, really. We played Havertz up top, which is what I wanted to see. We played someone other than Martin Elliott left wing, which we saw, which was Reese Nelson, who I'll come on to specifically in a little bit. Um, and, of course, Saka and the, the best back four that we could have played on the day. Kivior, of course, playing, scoring that own goal sucks. Yes, but we had no other players. Again, I do and would like to bring up the fact that Zinchenko, I felt, was missed. Um, and I think that that extra progression would have really helped us in this game. But, sadly, not available. Another injury hurting us. And before the game, we learned that Gabriel Jesus would not be available for us because of a small knee injury. Now, I wouldn't have started him and I would have had him coming off the bench, of course, but it's a frustration for Arsenal that they've had to deal with once again. 18 shots, five on target, 55% possession and nothing to show for it. Um, really was disappointing. Odegaard hitting the bar in a chance in which he should have scored. Um, Havertz, of course, latching onto that mistake, setting the ball back. Yes, there's suggestions that he could have laid it back to Saka. I think it would have been difficult um, to spot him and execute that, but the, the pass to, to Odegaard was fine and he should score in that moment. Reese Nelson, of course, going through from a fantastic pass from Aaron Ramsdale in the opening moments, who we will also come on to more specifically shortly, should score. Claire Havertz with that header from the corner. He is without a doubt, um, you know, a player that should be scoring from that position. Um, and we should have scored from a number of other positions. <laughs> Osaka really just can't, really can't find his, his feet and his form at the moment either. And uh, it is incredibly frustrating to see so many opportunities. Because to be fair, I have not seen a team dominate that Liverpool side like we did in the first 45 minutes. And if you dominate a side like Liverpool, as good as Liverpool are, then you cannot afford to not take chances. I said this during the game at Anfield. I said this leading up to this game. Liverpool are too good to miss your chances against. Too good. And I have not seen teams dominate that Liverpool side like we did in those first 45 minutes. The second half was much more even. I think Liverpool maybe slightly edged it in the end, of course. We're getting the goals that they did. If you play as well as you do in those first 45, but cannot execute anything in the final third, then you don't deserve to win the game. And ultimately, we didn't deserve to win the game because despite all the chances we created, we couldn't take them. Um, but we deserved far, far more um, than ultimately what we saw on the day. Bakaya Saka is playing with an injury. Um, it is an Achilles problem that has been revealed over the last, um, I think, week. Um, and it's really coming to the fore. And I think he's showing itself. The question mark I have, if he's not fit, then if Gabriel Martinelli is, for instance, fit and is just out of form, 
I think it's important that you we start having a conversation about playing the players that are at their full fitness. Um, Bakaya Saka isn't at this stage. Neither is Ben White. The difference with Ben White is that I don't think that we have the depth to be able to take him out at the moment. Now, Saka needs to be managed in the next week, over the next couple of weeks, I think, because, of course, we've got this opportunity to go abroad. The, the guys are going off to Dubai. Some are traveling today. Some are traveling tomorrow. Some are traveling. Um, no, I think everyone will be in Dubai by Tuesday, um, to my understanding. So there's a chance now for Saka to, to try and rest up and recover from this problem that has been plaguing him. And that, I think, has been evident. Um, it really is evident that we are seeing, um, I think, the, the the toll of these past 18 months on, on this squad that is thinning because of the injuries that we have faced overall in the squad, and it sucks. Now, it'd be wrong of me not to bring up, of course, the Liverpool missed players as well. They had no Zobosla, they had no Endo, they had no Salah, of course, Van Dijk, of course, as well, not there on the day. Um, but we didn't take advantage of that. We didn't exploit those shortcomings of theirs, despite playing really well in the first half and again not taking the chances that we created an honest assessment an honest assessment of Kai Havertz we will focus in on those misses we will focus in on those missed chances I thought that what we saw from that centre forward was an encouraging showcase of the movement that I think has been missing in the last two games but what we didn't see was the clinical and cutthroat and ruthlessness that a centre forward needs in the final third and there were times I think especially in the second half where when he received the ball it was a little bit too negative uh, and I can't you can't help but be frustrated that this is a team that is crying out for a elite level striker and if Arsenal had Erling Haaland you know if Arsenal had a Mohamed Salah you know these types of absolute elite players in their forward line what we demonstrate on the field with the chances that we create the level of chances that we create then we would have um, very very comfortably I think been at least two or three goals up in that first half and that is the difference between us and Liverpool right now is that we lack someone at the elite level um, in that forward line to put away. I think Saka, for me, is a world-class player. But for me, my tier system of, of what is world-class is, is very, very different. And you have the elite players at the very, very top. And they're your Salas and your Haaland's and your Messi's back in the day, of course, as well, still now, arguably. And then you have that rank underneath it, which is your world classes and players that I think can reach that elite level like Saka can. But right now he was playing with that injury and is out of form. The movement was far better. Like what we saw from centre forward yesterday was was much, much better than what we saw in the West Ham game from Jesus and much, much better than what we saw from Enketia in the Fulham game. Um, LB says, you said a few weeks ago, we don't need a striker. This is a load of waffle. I've said for a long, long time that we need to we need an elite level forward. I've said for quite some time that we can't bring one in during this window. So if you want to misquote me, feel free, but you're the ones ending up looking like fools. Moving into Reese Nelson, um, he should have started the game. I said I wanted to see Emil Smith Rowe start, um, but actually Reese Nelson proved me wrong. He should have started the game. Um, I thought he was energetic, I thought he was lively, I thought he showed something that we've not seen on that left hand side for quite a while. I had the pleasure of speaking to him after the game as well, and you'll see some of those quotes coming out a little bit later on um today um and you'll get some of his thoughts on on the game and and where he's at and this Dubai trip as well so look out for those on football.london around um midday but um 
Yeah, I thought that Reese Nelson was uh, showing encouragement that the chance in the first few moments of the game, yes, I think he should maybe be a little bit more composed when he takes around Allison. The touch is a bit heavy. And when he does go far wide, he then goes for the shot. And I think maybe we need to be a little bit more composed and find, um, yeah, find the position that we've... Um, find a player to, to, to slot in. Magambo should have. He did start. Again, it's the justification. He should have started. So those that felt that he shouldn't have, this is the argument that he should have. And he proved that he should have started by the fact that in his first start for quite some time, he did very, very well. Aaron Ramsdale also impressed. In fact, he impressed so much in this game with his saves, his distribution and his contribution that it only brought me further frustration, to be honest. It brought me frustration that he's not been given more opportunities. He's not played the Champions League games. Because for me, whilst I haven't looked at David Raya in the last few games and thought, ah, he's a problem. Because against Fulham, I didn't think he could do much more than he did other than being better with his distribution. Same for West Ham. Saved the penalty in that game. You know, it's really worthy of, of, of praise. But I can't help but see that performance yesterday and think, we have just created an unnecessary situation at goalkeeper. Um, like that, that was a performance of a, of a player against Liverpool side that are very good, that create very good chances. He stayed composed up until the final moments. He didn't have much to do really throughout the majority of the game at all. And when the when the when it came to the crunch of making that save on that on that right hand side, we had to get down low and push the ball around the um, around the post. He did that because he'd remained. And do you remember those comments where he said like he couldn't stay focused for ninety minutes because, in reality, it's very difficult for players to do that. And so he he comes up with strategies to stay focused for as long as possible. And do you remember how some really sad Arsenal fans use that to just belittle the guy when actually it's just an offhanded comment? Well, in this game where he didn't have much to do throughout the majority of it, when it actually came to the crunch and he had to make a very big save that he could reach because the the own goal. No goalkeeper saving that. And Diaz's finish is excellent. But when it came to a moment where he kept Arsenal in it, and frankly, you know, in those moments where Arsenal should have been one, two, even three goals up by that point, he made a really, really critical save. And I just don't know why we've created this problem for ourselves. And it's a criticism I have of that goalkeeping decision to bring Raya in. We don't need to activate the buy clause in Reyes' deal. We have a very good goalkeeper. And if we're going to buy a goalkeeper in the future, I would like to see that goalkeeper be significantly better than Ramsdale, which Raya isn't. And so I like Raya. I think he's a good goalkeeper. This is not me slamming Raya. It is me criticizing this situation that we have needlessly created for ourselves. And I, I just can't. I can get my head around the reason why. It's because, as Dave says in the chat, that Arteta has always wanted Raya, same as our goalkeeping coach and Yaki Kana. And that desire to want a specific player, as I think, sadly, upset the balance and upset the, the uh, something about the squad. Ramsdale is a very likable character. He is loved by his teammates and he's appreciated by his teammates. And I would not be surprised if there was feelings of you know, um, what's the right word? Question. If if there were question marks within the group itself, you know, that's, that's, I wouldn't be surprised. So a real shame, but I wanted to take the second to say props to 
to Aaron Ramsdale. I also had the absolute honour of of seeing Ramsdale walk through um, the mix zone with his his newborn, and a massive congratulations to um, Aaron Ramsdale and their family um, for for what is a glimmer of of positivity and what I'm sure has been a very very difficult season for them. Um, fortune favours the well anyone but Arsenal. Now I know people don't like me talking about the element of luck in things, but there is also something to do with this. Like the own goal that we conceded is just so frustrating because at that point I'm thinking, right, this is going to a replay and we'll have another game where we can't score. And obviously the free kick comes in, Kivior heads it. I've seen some attempts at analysis of his defending in this. You could argue it's just, it's just bad luck. Like it's just bad luck. He tries to get his head on it. We've seen so many players sadly score some really poor own goals. um, And it is bad luck, but it shouldn't even be, it shouldn't even be a thing. It should not even be a thing. We should have been winning by this point. It shouldn't have mattered. It should not have mattered. And then obviously we overcommit because we're trying to find the equalizer. And naturally, we then concede on the break. It was, you know, it was inevitable that if we weren't going to take some of our chances, that it was probably going to end up. It was more likely to end up 2 0 than it was 1 1 at that point because we were always going to overcommit trying to find the equalizer. And that was going to leave us. Um, vulnerable on the break and it was and it did and sadly that was but I think we saw (laughs) and I can see in the chat box where is it let me find the comment I spotted it where is it where is the comment young Carlos here comes the XG talk and look I am going to talk about XG I am going to talk about XG with Arsenal because there was a fantastic stat that was going around um the Arsenal have scored one goal from 61 shots and 6.47 XG in our last three games. Meanwhile, our opponents have scored six goals from 2.5 XG in our last three games. And that that is, it's a stat that is really worth talking about. I know people, some, some people, I shouldn't say all people, some people don't like, and that comes from PB at Ollie Price Bates on Twitter. Um, I know some people don't like me talking about XG. I get it. It's a really revealing statistic about the lack of finishing and also about the fact that our opponents are delivering us a very, very clear message about what we need. And that is clinical finishing and taking chances that we need to make sure. I still find it weird that there's Manchester United fans trying to have a voice in the chat box and be uh, a little bit, uh, what's the word? Baitful. Look at your club. It's in absolute mire. Um, Mikel Arteta, answer to transfers. I'll end the first part of the show before we go to part two. And probably some of your thoughts. I might even put the, the, the StreamYard link in for a few people to join us. I've seen some pretty disparaging comments about me, which is fine. You're entitled to do that, but at least back it up by coming on the show. Um, I think that Mikel Arteta's comments regarding transfers, he was asked about Arsenal's chances of signing a striker, to which he said that we need to get behind the team, get behind the players. Um, Let me try and find the specific quotes, if you will. Um, He says, on whether Jesus' injury and lack of goals have changed the mindset on transfers, he says, one thing is what we need is one thing 
is what we can do as well. And what we need to do now is stay behind those players, give them support, love, train them, and make sure they visualize something very different to what is actually happening right now. They've done it. We're not going to invent or reinvent the wheel because they have done it. And this is what I've been saying for quite some time. Arsenal scored 88 goals in the Premier League last season. They have done it. This team has done it. We've only lost from the starting 11, Granit Xhaka. That doesn't disappear overnight. Yes, some things have changed. Yes, we've lost some key players like Thomas Partey from the team who was playing a lot last season. Yes, we could have improved if Urien Timber was available. Yes, Gabriel Jesus is missing yet again. But we know that this team is capable of scoring huge amounts of goals. And it's not. And we need to try and find the reason as to why that has changed from the things that we can control. We can't change the way that other teams play differently to what we did maybe last season. But we can control is our own confidence, our own finishing ability. And so for that reason, I think we need to find ourselves in a situation that sees us in building momentum again. We've got games against Crystal Palace, we've got a game against Nottingham Forest, and by using those games, we can build momentum going back into a very critically important game against a Liverpool team that if we win that game, it changes the entire complexion of the season. But if we cannot win our next three games, the title race question marks about Arsenal's title ambitions are in a very, 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 very different state. And so I cannot stress enough. But people getting annoyed at Arteta's answers to transfers, I, I don't know what you expect. I don't know what you expect because I've told you time after time that Arteta wants a striker. He would love to sign a striker. He would love to sign a centre-forward that takes us to the next level. But we can't do that during this window. It is why we would see in the summer, I hope, I pray, the investment to be able to be able to do that because we'll have more financial freedom in the summer than we do now to be able to go out and try and get that key striker. He has not once said that he doesn't want to do that. He was asked a question in a post-match interview with Being Sport and he was asked about signing a striker and he says he doesn't think that's realistic. He didn't ever say he didn't want one. He said he doesn't think that it's realistic because he and the club know of the restrictions that we have because of the profit and sustainability rules. Now, the question mark is on the Havertz deal. And I am more than willing to talk about the Havertz situation. We lost Granite Xhaka in the summer. We needed to go out and sign a player. It's also, I thought about this last night from those that turn around about, you, you know, the, the people out there that go, well, Unai Emery wanted Wilfred um, Zaha. And he ended up getting Nicolas Pepe. I'll leave you with this as we leave part one. Think about who Mikel Arteta wanted and got Kai Havertz, but that no one talks about that. Let's go to part two and your questions right after this. Okay, uh, we're going to go part two. We're going to start off with some silly comments from Mux. He says, I called this guy deluded for not thinking we need a striker and he couldn't accept it. Watch him backtrack. <laughs> Mux, where are you? I've called for people like yourself to come on the show time after time after time. You're not here. I'll even leave a, 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 if you want. And please don't call in if you agree with me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not in the mood for being vindicated. <laughs> I'm in the mood for people to come and tell me why I'm wrong. Come and tell me why I'm wrong. The chat, the link is to join this show in the chat box. It is right there. You can come and do it. Please only join if you think I'm wrong. Don't come on if you think I'm right, because 
I appreciate it, but I really want to hear from people that think I'm wrong about a specific thing. If you think I'm wrong about something, come and tell me the link is there. Otherwise, we are going to go and use, you have to be over the age of 18. You have to be in a quiet place to record. You have to have a stable camera. But other than that, please do come on as well. You'll need a camera and to be over the age of 18 if you want to come on. We've got about half an hour to 40 minutes for me to come and have a chat with those people. Um, I will happily speak to you. You'll need to be on camera, of course, um, to be able to come on to the show. Uh, Maximia says, Tom, where do we go from here? As a club, I see so much of the negativity all around. I wonder how these fans would have stuck around with the Arsenal in the 70s or the early 80s. Without a doubt, Maximius, the expectation levels have risen this season. We are, in some degrees, a victim of our own overachievement from last season because no one thought we would challenge for a title. No one thought that Arteta would put us into a position where we would compete with Man City, and that's what we did last season. And so this season, the expectation has changed. The expectation has gone to a position whereby now we find ourselves competing and expectations are that we must, for some, win the title or bust. That is not a legitimate reality to find yourselves in with this club. Arsenal are a team that are still behind Manchester City and are on a level with Liverpool, who last season, of course, underperformed. And that has changed people's mindsets about Liverpool. It changed my mindset about Liverpool as well. Um, and that that is is ultimately what I think is, is changed this season, is that we have seen the difference between... Um, expectations and, and reality. Let's bring Anthony onto the call. Anthony, tell me why I'm wrong, mate. What am I wrong about? <laughs> oh, hold on. I can't even hear you for some reason. That's because I haven't even got the volume on. So let me change that briefly. I'm, the listeners will be able to hear you. So you could be slagging me off real big time right now. Here we go. I can hear you now, I think. No, I'm not going to slag you off. Morning, Tom. <laughs> um, I don't know where we go from here. Um. I, I do. We put the ball in the net. That's that's where we go from. Yeah, um, I know. But it's as we had our last conversation when I was last on here. The dynamics of the midfield have changed, but we dominated Liverpool yesterday. We should have scored. You know, mm. Nelson. Mm. I don't know what he was thinking. Trying to go around the keeper, he should have chipped the keeper when Ramsdale gave him that ball. Havertz had opportunity. Saka's had opportunity, and I'm just like. Last season, we were in harmony. This season, mm. there's a civil war between Arsenal fans. The majority of people want Arteta out. People want him to stay. You said I the majority of people are Arteta out, did you say? Yeah, there's so... If you look on social media now, there is a... Oh, I wouldn't go by that. The majority I'm, of social media might be, but reality yeah, will be very Yeah, reality yeah. is, and it's... You know, I've been saying it that... Whatever's happening with this club, it needs to be sorted because when we come back and play Crystal Palace again, that's going to be a hard game. That's not going to be easy. Look how many times they've been us at Emirates or we've drawn against them. Um, you know, Spurs, you know, they're doing their thing, even though, you know, we were literally writing them off previously. Look at them now. They're only a point behind us. We could be fifth come, you know, by the end of the month. That's how, you know, we've dropped last season. All Arsenal fans are in harmony. This season is just like, something's gone wrong. Arteta needs to change something. Is the buy going to change that? You know, players' mentality, they come back. Hopefully, parties should be back, you know. Yeah. Hope, hope, Can I ask you, Anthony? Yeah. As I've mentioned before, we scored 88 Premier League goals last season with the yeah. players we have. 
Mm-hmm. What do you think our Arteta specifically has done to change us into a team that doesn't finish as well? Or if if you can, you point the finger. What is it? Because because if you're saying the majority of social media and Arsenal fans online think that Arteta should go, he mm. must therefore be responsible for why we can't finish because we're creating, as we saw yesterday, plenty yeah. of chances. We scored. We had 30 shots against West Ham. 77 touches. Didn't score a single one in that game. So what is it that he is doing that has stopped us from scoring goals? I think it's the defence at the back. That's a bit more solid, even though we have been killing goals, but also the control in the midfield. I think that over, you know, possession about controlling in the midfield has taken our Arsenal front. If you listen to his press conference the other day, when he was asked about that, do we need a strike? He said, you know, he wants the goals to be shared. So that is a big issue in itself. He wants what happened last season, but he's not controlling that midfield even more, having Declan Rice there, having Havertz, having Odegaard. That's the situation now. And I've said it numerous occasions on social media, because he wants that control and the defence is more solid, we have sacrificed what we had up top last season. It's evident people don't want to understand that that's what he's going for now. He wants to suffocate the midfield, you know, for them to crack on the 60, 70, 70 minutes. That's what he's going for now. And it's evident last season, it was different. We had a number eight in spaces that we never thought that he would be. He is now gone, which is a, in my opinion, and this is just myself, you know, people could agree, disagree. I think it's, we should have got number eight. If you mm. wanted to replicate what you did last season, should have got number eight instead of getting a number 10. Because... Yeah. You know, we've lost two key players in that midfield, Thomas Party as well as Granit Xhaka. Yeah. You know, they were the two midfield who, you know, spared us for Thomas Party with his line-breaking passes. He could do things that Declan Rice can't do in terms of he can play those risky passes to the strikers. Mm. We do not have that now in Declan Rice. Yes, his ball progression going forward is great, but if you look at him and Thomas Party. Thomas probably does stuff that Declan Rice cannot do in terms of playing those risky passes into the striker. So now we are now controlling the midfield, dominating the midfield, and ultimately it's sacrifice us trying to score. Possibly it could be sacrifice trying to score. Yeah. We we had the chances to win the game yesterday. But if if it was like the Fulham game, you take the Fulham game in like closed analysis. That yeah. game, we did not create the chances to score, you know. Yeah. But throughout the season, we've had many games that we've not won that we should have by what mm-hmm. we created and didn't take. This is the, like people say we have too many touches in the box. We we yeah. overpass certain situations, which is fine. I have no issue with that. But mm-hmm. we are still in big games or in even littler games that we're not winning, creating the chances to score. And the reason why we create those chances is Arteta's philosophy. It is just not being finished off. And as I said at the end of the first section, mm. Kai Havertz gets talked about a lot. And you know, I know, Anthony, you would have heard this line about Unai Emery that he wanted Wilfred Zaha and he didn't yes. get him, he got Pepe. And that is something like Emery wasn't backed or whatever. And it's something that's always used as some kind of like schadenfreunder again, uh, for, for Emery. In reality, Havertz was not Arteta's first choice. Do you remember at the start of the window who was his first choice for who he wanted? Um, he did move in the window. He went somewhere else. 
what, Mason? And he's not been fit for most of this season, to be fair. Yeah, I think it was Mason Mount. It was Mason Mount. So yeah, Ars- was- Arsenal and Arteta actually wanted somebody else. And yeah. when that first, when that target went somewhere else, they ended up going and getting Kai Havertz. So mm-hmm. is do you feel like that's going to be the sword that he ends up falling on then, the, the Kai Havertz sword? It's hard to say. You know, Havertz, he has games that he's done well. And yesterday, you know, he could have taken his chances. Obviously, he didn't. It's like he reverted back to the old habits in regards to playing it safe. And I'm just like, bro, you have scored goals. You're starting to prove some of the doubt is wrong. However, um, something has to change going over to the buy. Like, if we don't get any players in, I think that, you know, we're out of two domestic competitions already. If we continue playing like this, I feel the Champions League, I think that Porto will we'll get done by Porto. I'm sorry to say, if we do well, not... Well, you don't score goals, you don't win games. Exactly. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah. I said it yesterday. I, I, you know, I put out to you, I said, this is what happens when you don't finish your chances. It's pathetic. West Ham, again, we dominated them, even though we went one near down. The amount of chances that I see that we had, we should have won that game. We didn't. Arteta needs to change something because if he's not going to change something, there's going to be a massive uproar. I think even in this window, I think everyone is now come to the realisation that they're not going to sell players. Eddie, as much as he has been a good striker, I would sell him, bring someone else in because yeah. it's going to be a situation that we finished second, which was a blueprint for you to carry on in this life. We are not... <sighs> It's hard to say if we're improving or not, but the table doesn't lie. You know, we were still first at this point last season. We are now a point behind Spurs and we could be out of the top four come the end of the month. You know, it is something has to give going forward. So, like I said, we just have to wait and see. I'm going to give it till the end of the January transfer and see what happens if we do get someone in or not. You know, left back is still a situation. I think that we need cover. Obviously, Kirantini's doesn't want to come back. So, left back situation, we do need cover because unfortunately, Kivy was playing into a position where he's not comfortable in. Personally, I would have revert back to a back three, you know, mm. five and have five in the middle, you know, like we did a couple of seasons ago. But Something has to give going forward. He needs to change something because you cannot have that much possession. It's all good creating chances, but this is a results business at the end of the day. You need to start putting the ball in the back of the net. We can't go through. These next games are winnable. And I said it yesterday, regardless of the fact of how easy it was, no Van Dyke, no Salad, no Enzo, no Sabozlai. We should have won that game. And what did we do? We made it harder for ourselves, didn't take our we chances. We created the chances to win the game, though, Anthony, didn't we? Exactly. Like... We created the chances, but we got punished because we did not finish those chances. And we always yeah. have to make things harder for ourselves as Arsenal players. I don't know why that is. Kill off the game, create the chances, put them in the back of the net, stop fluffing them. Not because it's frustrating. The last three games were frustrating. Three back-to-back defeats. It is frustrating. It's all good to be creating chances, but if we're not putting them in the back of the net, what's the point? What is the actual point of what is the actual point? It doesn't make it doesn't make sense. But do you do you see what I mean when I'm saying about with the and Anthony? I'll just quickly to divert the reason why we've not moved on to a next caller is because there yeah. isn't one. <laughs> so you know, I'm I'm happy to continue this conversation. I, I say in the chat box, and fair play for you showing up. And I don't even think you really vehemently disagree with too much of, of what I think anyway, which is fine. 
but like mm. people in the chat box that are very keen on saying you're talking waffle xyz Mm. We are doing the literal opposite of censoring and silencing here. We are offering you an opportunity to come on and have your say and tell me why you think what we've said throughout the show is wrong. You're not showing up. I can't do anything about that. But Anthony, like uh, the, the the finger pointing Arteta, I'll, I'll re reiterate this question again. Mm. We have created chances to win games and we're not taking them. So how yeah. does Arteta become the guy in the crosshairs? Because it's his philosophy that's seeing those chances created. Yeah. <laughs> you can say we don't have an answer. That's fine as well. No, at this present moment, I don't have an answer for it. You know, he has to, you know, he's getting the stick because this is his team. That This is his team. Everyone's his team, barring some of the players that he's re-signed. This yeah. is his philosophy. His philosophy has changed from since last season because last season, it was more of the inverted on the left, and we got found out. Now it's your suffocating the midfield, but you need to change up. And this is where Arsenal fans are just like, which is rightly so. You know, I think that he doesn't have a strategy, another strategy. You know, he's talking about all the 40 or different systems that they play, but we've only seen one for the last couple of games. You haven't changed, you know, changing something up, either playing two up top or something different. Do something different. You know, you wait until Eddie, you wait until they score to put Eddie on. Again, reactionary, not proactive. Try something different. Okay, car habits didn't work for 45 minutes. And half time, or even, you know, half time, bring them off, put Eddie up front. Try something different or try or even put Trossard up front. You know, some of the changes that I saw, Saka was Saka was poor yesterday, but you take off Reese Nelson. Why? Yeah. Again, I, I, I don't know why he took off Reese Nelson. I think that's a fair there, criticism. Exactly. There you go. You took off Reese Nelson. Even though Reese Nelson missed the shots, he looked lively on that left side. He looked better than Saka. Yeah, exactly. Switching to the right, take off Saka. But again, it's all the hypocrisy that he talks about. No one's position is safe. But yeah, you're keeping on Saka, who's been... You know, he hasn't, you know, been in good form for the last couple of games. You want to hook off Ramsdale, who arguably, yes, he made mistakes, but that was one of his best seasons that he had last season to keep us in, you know, in touching distance in terms of trying to win the league. It's like, he's got a lot to answer for this season. If we don't win anything, can we regress then? Obviously, uncomfortable conversations need to be had about him. You know, can he take us forward? But... Like I said, he has to he has to be held accountable for this going forward because again, the FA Cup. How many times have we gone under FA Cup wearing that white kit? I think it's what three seasons. Uh, well, to be fair, we we progressed past Oxford wearing it, but yeah, we've lost exactly. two out of three times. I I don't want to get bogged down in the white kit because I think it's yeah. a little. It's a, <laughs> I always think it's a little silly. But like, yeah. Anthony, I really appreciate you jumping on. We got a couple more callers now, um, so I'm going to yes. jump to them. But Anthony, I really appreciate you taking the front to come on, and and always a pleasure to speak with you. Cheers, thanks, Tom. Thanks, mate. Massive appreciation to Anthony. Let's bring Chris in, who I hope is ready to jump on. Uh, how you doing, Chris? You all right, mate? Hey, up, mate. You all right? Yeah, not bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Like good stuff, man. What am I wrong about? Tell me. Tell me what I'm what? wrong about. Oh, I can't hear you. You've gone all quiet. Why have you got... Maybe your hand's on the microphone. Oh, it's my, it's my silly new phone. <laughs> okay, sorry about it. There you go. 
I'm glad to see you changing your mind on Ramsdale. Um, to be fair, to be fair, oh. I've always said that Raya, I thought, was a slightly better keeper. And I, I, I still think that Raya overall is slightly better. The issue with Ramsdale, for me, is that we created a scenario that we didn't need to create. That's yeah. that's where I'm at with that. But go on. Well, the, where I'm at with that, though, is we had the best goalkeeper, Martinez. And we have how many goalkeepers since him? Uh, Leno, right. Ramsdale, Raya. Three, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Then we had Turner come in, who obviously was Turner, rubbish. Yeah. Uh, we had Matt Ryan for a while. Yeah, that was kind of a stopgap, weren't it? <laughs> yeah. It was about five goalkeepers, isn't it? And yet we let the best one go out of all of them. Who's well, now Will I think it's debatable, actually, between Ramsdale and, and Martinez. Personally, I think that Ramsdale is, is on a par with, with Martinez. But, really? you know. Yeah. I mean, there's that. Um, Kiri, Kiri or Kiri, whatever you call him, the, the summer fruit boy, Ki, Kiwi. Uh, another rubbish game for him, I thought. And not just the own goal. Just... To be fair to him, but yeah, weren't, weren't great. Uh, Bakayo Saka, why do we keep playing him? I don't know. Reese Nelson played played. well. One of the best players in the world, I guess. Not one of the best players in the world. He's just overrated by our fans, really? I think. Yeah, in his I, one I of his four he's nearly got twenty goal contributions. Nearly, <laughs> it's not got it, has he? <laughs> what? I don't like. What I, do you I, mean? It's <laughs> January. Is that one of his poorest <laughs> seasons? He's nearly got the, twenty goal contributions in the summer. If we got a massive yeah. bid for him, I'd sell him. Yeah. How I'll much get, is a massive bid? What does it take you to sell Bakaya Saka, Chris? I want over hundred million for sure. Right. Well over, well over hundred million for him. Okay. Um, but I'd, I'd even sell Martinelli. Okay. I love Martinelli. He's my favourite player, actually. Who are you well, buying to replace Saka and Martinelli? Well, I, for me, Jesus could go on the right wing. Right, he could. so replace Saka with Jesus. And get and a will. With? Well, I know I've said it before on the thing. I like the lad at AC Milan. I've seen him a few times, but I can't I'm say his name. I like him. Yeah, I just can't get his name right. <laughs> but, <laughs> not for the first time. <laughs> yeah. I can't spell him. I can't say him. I do like him. He's very good. Okay. But I'd also be interested in changing a bit of formation as well. And You've covered with, your microphone again. <laughs> this money that we could get free for them too, if we we'll never will sell them, but if we did, is go with, I'd go to Spain and I would hammer on a door for um, uh, Aleti. I think it's Aleti for um, Lorente. Oh, um, Marcus Llorente. I would hammer on a door for him. Right. Because so him and Wright. Our front three is going to be, well, at the moment we haven't got a striker talked about yet. So Llorente and Liao over Saka and Martinelli. And I guess Jesus. Are you signing a striker? Yeah, I've got to sign a striker. <laughs> um, Who's signing as a striker? Well, the dream will never happen. It's obviously Mbappe. Never happened. Never happened, yeah. But there's a bladder AC, uh, AC, uh, Inter Milan, sorry, called La, La Torre. He is brilliant. He is good. Yeah. He's he also is. someone I've tested on the show before. I mean, you could he's change if He's never leaving Inter Milan, which doesn't help. So Yeah, but if you throw money at people, they, they, they change their mind. <laughs> Maybe we throw money at him and see if that works. Yeah, but check the mind. 
none of what I've seen there, though, like I understand the frustrations, Chris, and they're saying that we should sign X, Y, Z, which, you know, now is not going to happen. But what is Arteta doing that is stopping us from scoring? Because from my perspective, we created 30 shooting opportunities against West Ham, 77 touches didn't score. We created, I think, something like 18, was it 18 shots yesterday, five on target, didn't score. Three of those at least were, in my opinion, nailed on must-score opportunities. What is Arteta not doing that is stopping us from scoring goals? Well, I'd like to know who the uh, striking coach actually is. Well, you've got uh, uh, you've got the Tekas Guru, uh, who we appointed this summer as the attacking offensive coach. Um, right. We don't. I don't know if we have like a a goal scoring coach per se. No. We, well, what? Where is? I know it, will, it won't happen. Where is he in right now? Because he used to be MK Dons. Right. Um, we need an actual uh, righty. He oh, used right. to be there. Oh, so we, you're, you're suggesting we bring Ian Wright in as the attacking coach? I'm just going to be bringing a decent striker that actually knows what yeah. the, that's played the game and done it as attacking coach because we're still playing Wenger ball at the minute. But I get it's that. But that, just because you're a great striker doesn't mean you're going to be a great coach. I mean, look at Thierry Henry. He's categorically <laughs> been pretty poor at coaching. But we can at least get someone in that will actually tell him, shoot, shoot on target, stop this ticky-tacky rubbish. Shoot on target. Right. I mean, Reese now to shoot on target. It doesn't mean they're going to shoot well, on target. Like, if, I watch, on if anyone watches the training videos, we see video after video of our guys banging the ball in the back of the net when the pressure is completely off. It's when the pressure is on in these games that they're not finishing their chances. I don't yeah, think that's to do with Arteta, personally. Because Arteta's philosophy is creating loads of shooting opportunities. The way in which we build up play, creating against the team at the top of the table in the league, we created three must-score chances using our own philosophy. We didn't put them away. I can't ask Arteta to go onto the field himself and kick the ball in the back of the net because his coaching, his directiveness is getting these chances. We're not scoring them. So I, that, that's it? why I'm frustrated with that. Thing is, with is is it Arteta's philosophy? Or is it Pep's that he just doesn't know anything other than Pep? Well, because he it just was Pep, we'd be winning the treble. Like, well, yeah, yeah. we've got a B Pep. He 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 just doesn't know his own thing. He only knows what Pep did at Man City. So, who are you replacing Arteta with? Uh, the big question is this, isn't it? Well, <laughs> mm. that's you've kind of got to have an answer, really, because if you, you want to get rid of Arteta, you've kind of got to have an answer. So, the um. The only manager available who mm. I, well, I think isn't managing at the minute anyway, and he has been a Champions League winner, is yeah. uh, Zedus. Zidane. Is who? Zidane. Zidane. Okay. He's the only one available at the minute. The thing because... with Zidane is, look, he's won the Champions League however many times now with Real Madrid, you know, and I think that that management period that he had with Real Madrid is, I think, what, how many years now? I think four or five years ago. He's not had a job since. And I, you have to ask the question, why? And you have to ask then the question, is he is he even available? Is he taking managerial jobs? At the moment? We don't know. Is he waiting for the French job? And I, I don't know if it, it's, it's going to work. He also worked at a club in Real Madrid that A, he played at. B, he was the youth coach at, knew the club inside and out, went straight into it. And obviously had an amazing Galactico side to to win Champions Leagues and and La Ligas with. But it's, well, it's do you remember? It? Do you and other people remember that uh, the Liverpool manager they've got a minute clock? Yeah, 
for years was meant to be coming to us, but Wenger yep. wouldn't leave. Yeah. What a we missed something there, didn't we? Sure, we didn't. We get. I I said for a long time that Wenger stayed on too long, and we should have replaced him sooner. But I mean, that is a whole entire, you know, different talking point. But Chris, I appreciate you jumping on the show and giving you thoughts. Yeah. I've got a couple more callers to get to. Yeah, the baby's off. <laughs> it's probably good timing then. Cheers, mate. Yeah. Speak to you soon. Thank you. Cheers, Chris. Uh, let's bring Suru uh, into the conversation. I hope I pronounced that correctly, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, very good. Thank you, mate. Yeah. Tell me why I'm wrong, mate. Tell me what I'm wrong about. All right. For me, uh, the game yesterday, I believe that mm. um, he should have taken Havertz out. After sure. 65, 70 minutes, yeah, should have taken him out. For me, leave uh, uh, Riz Nelson on the, on the beach. Just put, yeah. put Martinelli up front. Put Martinelli right. up front. That would have been better. You stretch them yeah. back for so at least they know they have to defend. For me, that is where he got it all wrong yesterday. That right. is where he got it all wrong. Yeah. And uh, apart from that, there is nothing more that coach could do. I believe, for me personally, mm. I think um, Ateta has been crying for a striker. But he can't say it in the media. He can't say it. There's no so way you he's going to come Ateta out. actually wants one. And he has been wants saying one. he wants one. One, but, but he can't, can't it. say it publicly. He knows he can't get a striker. Yeah, that's I mean, he was asked, wasn't he, after the game? And he said, it's not realistic. That's what he said yeah. when he was asked. Which yeah. basically means, I want one, but we can't yeah. sign one. <laughs> so, yeah, we can't sign one, yeah. yeah. And he can't yeah. sell, you can't, if you say sell in Ketia, you can't sell in Ketia for 20 million. Who are you going to sign with 20 million? No one that's better than Jesus, that's for sure. Yeah, so it's like, we're going all back, so... I think for me, um, he has he just have to go back to the drawing board. Probably mm. get a new tactical coaching or maybe like a striking coach, something else. There's still time to get that. This is uh, we are in the transfer season. You can get someone in to help your attackers find the back of the net, even if it means getting some players from the youth team, integrate them in, even if it's one or two. You might find that gem, that's that player that could, you know, lift the team up again. That is all it takes. He, I the wish we had a striker in the youth on, team that, that, that could. Like, that's the thing that the youth team is really actually lacking. Like, we've got some great midfield talent in Nuaneri and Lewis yeah, Skelly. Yeah. We've got some really good defensive talents in Walters and Souza, but we actually don't have a centre-forward well, youth option. What about, what really. about that Edwards, guy? The guy from, uh, is it from, um, from Mother Wales that came back? Sorry? The guy, the guy that oh, came Mika back Bireft, the is that who you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, who could yeah. try him? He's, he could be better than Inketia. <laughs> try him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that is the thing. That was not yeah. that was how they found Harry Kane. Nobody knew he was good. You have to try mm. somebody. You just have to try. Chuck him in there. You could find him banging the goals, and all of a sudden, everybody is going to like get fed up from that energy of him scoring. Because if Jesus is not scoring, Inketia is not scoring. That actually seeps down to the team because they are not scoring. Yeah. So everybody's going to wait for Saka and Martinelli. So he has to go back and get somebody from the youth team. Just try something. Just be inventive. It doesn't matter. At this point, it doesn't really matter. You just have to try something because he's been playing it safe. I have to ask you the long. question, Siru. I have, I have to ask you the question. Which title-winning team has gone into their youth side 
in the middle of a season when they're on a little bit of a problem and found someone that's changed their season around and turned their season around? Is there any examples uh, we can think of? Yeah, it's no one I can think at the top of my head. And I, and I but, think there's probably a reason oh, for that, the, you know? That's Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The inexperience, I know. Mm. But there's nothing he can do. That is the only option he has now. The club can't spend well, no, money. It, it's not the only option, sir. Actually, it, it's and the reason why it's not the only option is the uh, the other option is to obviously stick. That is the other option. The option is you don't go and experiment, but you take a step back and say, "Okay, we're in this really poor patch of form." But what we're not doing, other than one off-ish game against Fulham, is that we're what we're not doing is struggling to create chances. We're creating chances. We are making chances, like yeah. as I said before, the shots we had against West Ham, the chances we had against Liverpool, you know, even against Aston Villa. You know, we should have scored in that game against Aston Villa. Martinelli had a great five, chance. Like five, a five, goals. five goals ought to be in. Five. Good five goals. Exactly. Basically. Like, so all these games that we've dropped points in, we should be doing better and we should be scoring. So Arteta's system, Arteta's philosophy, what he's trying to do is creating these match-winning situations and his players aren't taking them which is why I can't get on the side of the people that are saying Arteta's not good enough, Arteta's deluded or whatever. I'm deluded no, or whatever. It, it, People's favourite word. Thing. Tom, let, let, me, let me ask you this question. Do you think mm. it would be okay if um, if the club decides to get um, this player from uh, from Roma, uh, Paolo Dybala? Mm. £10 million, pounds, apparently. Yeah. It, it's not a bad shout anyways. At this point, it's not a bad shout. Hey, look, if you told me that Paolo Dybala was coming in tomorrow for 10 million quid on an 18-month contract, I'd be like, okay, let's see let's see if that can, can do it, you know. But I don't think they will. But, you know, and I also don't think that that is the... I don't think that Paolo Dybala suddenly turns Arsenal into a team that is better than Man City. Yeah. Because that's what we need to do to win the title, you know. That is what people are saying, Suri. People are saying if Arteta doesn't win the league or if he doesn't win the Champions League, we have to ask serious questions about where we are as, as, as a team. I'm I'm going to put it out there. Even the whole the club and the Pep, they're not going to win the title with this team. That is just mm. the reality. You can't win a title with this current team. You so actually why need... is Arteta being why is Arteta being judged with that being the expectation? He's he's a victim of his own success. Yes, absolutely. He's just a victim of his own success. It's just Spot like a on. kid coming up first in class every time. And the next time you, you, you're second or third, Every, your parents are going to be like, oh, <laughs> what have you been doing? Have you been sleeping? Mm. But, you know, um, I just, I, I believe the club has to, has to look for a way to get him a striker. They have to look for a way. Even if it's by, by loan, by commitment of obligation to buy, they have to do it. They don't just have to believe that it has to change everything. You know, the owners are there. I don't know what they are doing in, in the U.S. They, they, they have to come down and get this man a striker. The team needs a striker. The coach needs a striker. Like, there is not... I, I, I keep saying it. Like, no one is going to tell me that in January that Mikel Aceta sat down there and be like, I don't want a striker. How many players did we sign in January? How many attackers did we sign? Just one. Just one. How many strikers has Arteta signed? He signed Jesus. Yes. I'm struggling now. That, that's it. <laughs> yeah. He he wants yeah. it. I believe he wants a striker. 
But I think yeah, yeah, yeah. The club I mean, he had Lacazette and Aubameyang for the first two seasons he was here, right? Oh, so those guys are rubbish. If you come rubbish. into a club and you've got Lacazette and Aubameyang, you know, until you move those players on, you can't then bring in a striker. You so as soon yeah, as they left, that, yeah. he spent £45 million on a centre-forward in Jesus. The following mm-hmm. summer, which is this summer that we've just mm-hmm. had, we lost Xhaka and we needed a midfielder. We went and got that in Declan Rice. The the the, the crux of the summer that is going to be talked about for this summer, is coming the in the next summer maybe, is Kai Havertz. That is what is going to be talked about. And look, there is a debate to be had there. There is a talk to be had there, for sure. But as I have said at the start of the show, for the same people that say that Unai Emery wasn't back because he didn't get the player that he wanted, just remember that if you have that energy for Unai Emery and that argument, you've got to apply that same energy that Mikel Arteta's yeah. first choice was not Kai Havertz. It, it, so... it wasn't Kai Havertz. I believe I believe it wasn't Kai Havertz. I believe he wanted a striker. I believe he wanted another midfielder apart from Declan Rice. Yeah, he just he just can't get everything. So what do you do? He has a team that is riddled with injuries. Saka is injured, whether we like it or not. He's not even running anymore. Saka is not running. Mm. He's mm. not running. He's injured. He, he's carrying something. Ben White is carrying something. I, I wouldn't even be shocked if if Saliba is carrying something. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's probably that's yeah. why they're looking for a defender, for a right-sided defender. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Sir, I've got some other callers, but I really appreciate you jumping on. And uh, yeah, cheers, man. I mean, we didn't really disagree, but <laughs> I appreciate you jumping <laughs> no, there's on. There's nothing to disagree here. You know, there's nothing to disagree. Anyone who is trying to disagree, I feel they're just trying to create content. If you're disagreeing okay. and you you're just trying to create, well, I love content, just... but you know I'm not in that line of work for that type of content. But I've <laughs> I've tried, I've really tried. Yo, <laughs> Thanks, really mate. Tried. I appreciate your time. Yeah, cheers, man. Speak to you soon. Cheers, Sue, for coming on. Much appreciated. Remember, if you want to come on, you need to have a camera. I can see there are a couple of people that don't have cameras down below, and you need to have a light on so we can actually see you. Um, let's get Evgidian uh, now. How you doing, mate? You good? You well? Can you see me? Hello, Tom. Yes, me? I can see you. Can you hear me? Good stuff. Tell me if you think why I'm wrong. Mm. Um, the one thing that I could uh, particularly charge against you is use sure. the use of the stats uh, of okay. David Raya from last season, uh, mm. in which he were uh, superior, like by the measure of eight percent in the percentage of shots saved. Was it eight uh, percent for Brentford? Uh, something like that, maybe six percent. I didn't use like that, that stat. That to be fair. <laughs> I think you referred. Uh, you were one. I absolutely said that he was slightly better statistically, but I didn't come mm. up with like a percentage. I just said, you know, he's slightly better for sure. So but what I would could... say to that, Evgeny, is okay. that okay. David Raya isn't the reason we're not scoring our goals, though, is he? So what no, is no, it? No. What What is it about Arteta that is stopping us scoring more goals? I think we are taking too many touches before trying to take a shot on goal yeah uh, and we we are also uh, it was in that patch uh, starting f- with aston villa i think uh, when i started to notice that we are spending t- and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself oh. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Too much time on one side of the pitch with the ball before uh, before transferring it to the other side. Sometimes uh, the ball transitions from the left to the right and uh, Udegaard starts to dither on the ball and uh, spin around maybe to look and find someone to pass to and it allows gives time the gives time the position to set uh, in defense uh, but uh, so that's probably one of the things that I think prevents that us scoring. you could argue that we're taking too long for opportunities for sure but again 30 shots against west ham 77 touches 18 shots against liverpool five on target three really big must score opportunities that we created through his system didn't score so we're creating the opportunities. So even though I think I agree with you that we're being too slow, we need more urgency, we need more speed, but we are still creating match-winning opportunities that are not being taken. And if they are taken, we're having a very, very different conversation, aren't we? Yes, definitely. Quite so. But so, it's, not, it's not just... So why is it strike. him that's being kind of like lambasting, saying, if he doesn't win the league, it's his fault. You know, we, we have to sack him, get rid of him. How does... If, say, let's, let's use a hypothetical. Ancelotti, right? Arguably one of the world's best managers. Ancelotti is in the place of Arteta. Why are we scoring the chances with him that we're creating now that Arteta has got us creating if he's in charge rather than the manager we have now? Uh, your first caller was mm. talking about uh, suffocating... Anthony. Anthony, yeah. Uh, about suffocating the midfield and uh, all that stuff uh, that is more possession oriented uh, uh, rather than contributing to our attacking uh, attacking fluidity and uh, chance creation uh, i just think if uh, it will it, if it were whoever uh, uh, it were someone else and some other coach for instance ancelotti uh, it would have been a different system in the first place but with uh, this system, I think uh, I think we could have just be playing a little bit differently uh, with these same same players that Arteta had last season. Uh, a more more incisive football, uh, creating playing with more focus on playing forward rather than controlling the ball in midfield and sometimes we are just passing back quite a lot uh, you know when our wingers get the ball sometimes they just uh, have too many people in front of them and don't have much space and uh, we reset 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 uh, too many times instead of just using the space that we had last season due to our more incisive play that's what i think Ooh. i think that there is i think that we could be better and i've said that with the urgency and the speed i think we could be better but the problem that i don't think we've had an answer to 
is that we haven't got an answer to what Arteta needs to do differently to be able to see the chances that we are creating, not the chances we aren't creating, the chances that we are creating on a frequent basis and see them hit the back of the net. The only thing that I've had so far is that we need to sign a striker. I don't disagree with that. But what I do realize is that we can't sign a striker in this window, and that is going to wait until the summer. And I don't think signing a Dybala or a Garassi or a, a, someone saw in the chat box signing Mauro Icardi on loan. I don't know why even Galatasaray would agree to that. I don't see how doing any of those things turns Arsenal suddenly from a side that is just below the level of Man City, or well, not even just below, but just below the level of Man City, into a team that suddenly wins the title. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I understand. Uh, and I quite agree with you because I don't think it's just a matter of one one man up front. I think it's more than that. It's more of a systemic issue than yeah. one man up top. Also, uh, Tom, I've been just mm. uh, uh, researching the internet a little you know, for Charlie Patino. He has a recall clause uh, according to Tutu Sport. And it's also yeah. been reported that Juventus have been eyeing a transfer for him uh, with a figure of up to 30 million pounds or euros mm -hmm. in January. Yeah. I don't know if that's real, by the way, but that I've seen the report you're you're talking about. What I would say is that A, Patino has got to agree to come back, even if we have a recall clause. You know, we have to come to an agreement with the player that that's the right move. And I don't know if he would, because he knows he's playing every single week, every single game at Swansea at the moment. And also in the summer, he was wanting to look for a permanent exit. So, like, it's not necessarily in his mindset to return. B, is Charlie Patino going to change Arsenal into a title-winning team just coming in January? This this is the thing. I have absolutely no no problem with the suggestion. And I think it's a fair suggestion to say, if we've got an option to bring someone back, sure. But what we're talking about is people saying that if Arteta doesn't win us the league or the Champions League this season, he deserves to go. And I'm trying to find an explanation as to why that makes any sense at all. The one kind of apparent uh, argument for that is uh, that he consciously changed our system and uh, went away in a way in a sense uh, from the way we were playing last season uh, also bringing raya in creating that uh, problem with ramsdale that goalkeeping issue it's been costing us points uh, in several games uh, you could uh, uh, recall the chelsea game the newcastle game where there were rise mistakes that have cost us quite a, a solid amount of points at least uh, at least four points uh, and uh, it might have been one of the reasons why we have lost some of the balance that we had the last season though we, not not through, through some direct impact but through some indirect impact yeah, I, I think that in the end, I think you make some really fair points about what we could still do and what we could improve. The issue for me is that what we're raising and what some people are suggesting are not turning us into title-winning teams this season. I'm not arresting the problems that are there at the moment. And and that's the issue I've kind of got, if that makes sense. But Jenny, I really appreciate you. First of all, am I pronouncing that correctly? Tell me if I am or not. It's uh, almost correct, Evgeny. Tell me, correct me. Evgeny. I'm not embarrassed to be wrong. Go yeah, on. Evgeny is uh, my Evgeny. original Russian name. But uh, the enough. 
another option is just Eugene. It's also cool. Okay, that is much easier. <laughs> I appreciate that. I really appreciate you telling me I was wrong about that as well. It's just always important for me to try and get people's names right. But Eugene, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. Um, we There was someone coming on, um, but as soon as I said that they needed to put their camera on, they disappeared. So that probably tells you um, what you need to know about them. Um, Rob Bob joins us now. How are you doing, Rob? Not too bad, mate. How are you going? I wish I was as relaxed as you look, mate. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I've had a bit of a full-on day. My my dog's got cancer, so uh, it's been... Oh, I'm a, so a, sorry a, to hear that, man. I really am. Nights, the last few nights. So, yeah, I can uh, imagine. Yeah, I'm really I'm sorry to hear chilled. that, mate. Well, I'm, it, I'm not feeling chilled, but I might be looking things in this world other than Arsenal, doesn't it? So Yeah, absolutely. I actually... I'm obviously in New Zealand, and I was up with the dog anyway, so I watched the game mm. live at kind of five am or whatever and yeah i was disappointed obviously i'd love for arsenal to win but as you say there's you know more important things in life eh? so uh, yeah 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 Yeah, for sure so i don't i i'm gonna put this out there rob i don't think you think i'm wrong (laughs) but tell me what you where your head's at i mean i think we're probably i didn't catch the beginning of the show unfortunately um so i think Mm. we're probably it's it's more it's more I, i guess i'll put the statement to you again People saying that Arteta is the key reason why we're not finishing our chances. And I don't think that he is. So, no. Well, Ar- right. Arteta's not in the um, in the box or part of the front um, four, is he? He's not the one that's uh, got the goals in his sights and he's not taking the shots or he's missing. I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. We- I think you and I, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners... Uh, look at the stats and and go. That was it. We played well for seventy for seventy minutes. I mean, to, to be honest, for the whole game, I would say we played well. We created loads of chances, um, and you know, we just the the front players just could not put them away. And at the end of the day, I'm, I mean, obviously, football is on the basis of putting the goal and the ball in the net, right? <laughs> so, you know, that's what that's what the end result is but you know we could play that game let's say we played that game against liverpool in a similar way 10 times how many times are we winning that match i reckon we're winning that seven or eight times six months ago <laughs> i felt like we could have played for another five years and not scored if we were in our current state but like well i know I mean, exactly is... what you mean like if we score those chances and it's, it's a big what if you know if we scored it's you know it's it's but the reality is, is that, you know, we are, there's nothing for me. We, yes, we could be quicker, have more urgency, et cetera, et cetera. Why, why is it that people are attaching these mischances to specifically Arteta, do you think? Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I don't get it. So I think you're probably asking the wrong person. I, I think yeah. that there's a massive, <laughs> there's a massive, um, thing within the fan base of just trying to find blame. You know, they don't like. We don't like what we see. We want to. We want to be winning matches, of course, but we we want to single someone out and scapegoat them. And I think in this match, it's a combination of Havertz and Arteta. And I mean, sure, Havertz had some really good chances, and he didn't put them away. And I get that. 
like he should have done better. But also, Arteta wouldn't be playing him as a striker if Jesus was there. You know, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of like how can you blame a player that you know? I think I think he's come out in the press previously of saying that he doesn't think that his best position is as a, as a striker. I I don't think he wanted to play that position in Chelsea. I don't think he came to Arsenal to play that position. I think Arteta has been forced into playing him in that position because Jesus is injured. And I think I wanted him to play at centre forward. You know, I I said that on the preview show. I want him there because I think his best role is getting him into the box. I think that we looked better with him out of that number eight role that he was in. The question mark I have about Havertz is I don't know where he fits into this current system. Because I think his best his, his best position is playing off of a number nine, but but close to them so they're in the box, like a centre forward when you have like the striker and the centre forward. So a little bit like Burkan yeah. Henri situation, you know, where you had yeah, yeah, Burkan yeah. playing off of Henri in some ways. But I think but I the think difficulty Havertz, is go on. Well the difficulty is Jesus isn't that kind of striker, right? It, no, he's, he's not, not the type no. no. You have to ask the question, so, why did we sign Havertz if we don't have a place for him? Well, I mean, I I put this as in my little notes before I came on. Like, I I feel like Havertz again has been a bit slated because I mean, from my understanding, Xhaka, he he wanted to leave. He he felt when it looked very likely. I mean, I know that he left before Rice was signed, but I think it was like Rice was basically being signed. Xhaka probably felt like he wasn't going to get guaranteed game time. I guess he wanted to go back to Germany. I, I don't know exactly all the details of it with his family and la la la, but I feel like coming in, Jack wanted to go. That's my understanding. Yeah, I think Jack wanted to go, and you know, Rice was, you know, he's not an obvious swap. Arteta always talked to Jack about like getting into the box more, and you know, it was only really in the final season and a half that. He actually kind of got the, you know, got the story right, and and I feel like um, Arteta looked at um, Havertz and when okay, Jack is going, Havertz is kind of, a, you know, what I want from a midfielder mm. to you know good defensively get about taller than Jacka, so there's an extra bonus because we can put you know when there's a low block we can put balls into the box and we've got you know good header he's he coming you wanted something different yeah yeah he wanted something different and and i think that um a lot of money on getting something different that's the thing 65 million i mean pounds, yes i I, I mean to be honest i i you know i i i quite like habits as a player and i think he's been un, unfairly slated but i would say that one of the reasons he's being slated again not fair on him but we needed a striker more than we needed um, to spend, you know, 65 million on a, on a midfielder when we'd already spent 105 on Rice. You know, it's, I think, I don't think there's any Arsenal um, fan that's not thought that we need a striker for the last two seasons. You know, I think, yeah. I think that's, it's been obvious that we need that. Enketia isn't, up to the level 
I mean, how long no. was he on yesterday? And yeah, not very like, long. I mean, it, that's the Enketi thing is like, why didn't we bring on Enketi for Havertz sooner? I'm sorry, I don't buy that argument because at the end of the day, people have been moaning about Enketi for for time, especially as a substitute yeah, yeah. as well. We've got one guy. Well, he didn't in, like, do anything, right? Oh, he didn't. I, he didn't I, do I, anything. No. Go on. I didn't, you know, I was listening to the commentary. I did hardly even heard his name being called. <laughs> like, no, he didn't. In the commentary. I don't remember anything that he did, honestly, in the no. game. And, and Rob, I'm, I'm going to have to move because I'm conscious of time. I'm going to move quickly onto the next caller. But just to finish off this section, like, if Arteta, if Arteta finishes, like, I expect, I don't expect us to be, you know, close to Man City come May. Personally, I think that we will, there will be a gap this season. I still expect us to get top four minimum. And I hope that we can do something special in the Champions League. And it's kind of a wild card tournament, so we'll see. But what are your expectations now? And what do you think are fair expectations of the manager just before you, you go? Well, I mean, I said this, uh, asked a question in the um, in the comment section last night in your show of like, mm. where are we in this five stage plan that Arteta and, you know, the Cronkays yeah. and Edu have, have got? And obviously we don't know, like only Arteta knows, but I reckon, you know, who knows where we are and even what the plan is. But we're, we're, we're definitely a season, if not two seasons ahead of where I think we would have been expected. You know, look, we look look at when Arteta took over from, you know, three years ago. You know, what fan, realistically, if you look, if every fan that's complaining about Arteta now looks back three years ago at what, you know, what my mess Arsenal were in. I would have dreamed we'd be having debates exactly. about, oh, Arsenal exactly. won the title this season. <laughs> exactly, so yeah. for them to be complaining, yeah. you know, I think if we get top four, um and make a good chase in the champions league mm. i'll be happy to be honest i mean obviously i'd be sad because we came so close last year um yeah but i think being realistic get to the summer you know hopefully there's not so many financial constraints on us and get a striker get some competition for saka and martinelli and get our injured players back <laughs> you know like yeah. what a difference those you know Partey's not playing Jays has hardly been playing timber what you know started one game and then's out for the rest of the season you know i know it's kind of what could have been and la 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 like we can all dream right but i don't know i think cool. to be slating arteta for where he's got us in three seasons it was madness and if we changed yeah. him you know, we'd just we'd just go backwards for at least two two or three seasons afterwards when whoever we got in started rebuilding with their plan, however many stages that's got. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so. that's the thing, isn't it? That is the thing. Rob, I really appreciate your time. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, mate. Thanks, mate. Uh, enjoy Thanks, the mate. show. Nice and uh, we'll yeah, do. have a good evening. Ciao. You too. Cheers, Rob. Much appreciate your time. Let's bring Muns into the conversation now. How you doing, Muns? I'm good. How are you, Tom? Not bad. Not bad, considering. Bit tired, but not bad. Um, tell me tell me why I'm wrong, mate. I wouldn't say you're wrong, but I'm just not happy with this process. It's gone, what, four full seasons of Arteta? Uh, three and a half. So yeah. Well, this will be the fourth full season. I the think. fourth yeah. full season. And he's just binned all the trophies. And that's what's frustrating which I don't quite understand why he's done this. Uh, we've got the uh, 
Carabao Cup, FA Cup. So it's just been all the trophies. So I know you ask everyone, well, if we get rid of him, who do we get? Well, we can get the Girona manager. Look where he is at the moment. We've got the Leicester City manager coming up. So these are managers we can potentially get. You're going to have to educate me here. Who is the Girona manager? I don't know his full name. Um, you don't know who he is. I don't know his full name, but he is actually doing really well. Considering the opposition, we've got Real Madrid and all these teams up there, and he's first in the table. So, okay. so there are managers available. And if Arteta goes, that's not the end of the world. We've got rid of Wenger, who did more for us than what Arteta's other one FA Cup trophy. Mm. It's it's not good enough. We're Arsenal. We should be challenging for the Premier League. We don't have a given Unai right Emery. to win it. Would you take Sorry? Unai Emery? Would you take Unai Emery? I would have taken Unai Emery. The problem with Unai Emery is the board didn't back him. He asked for Partey. They gave him Torreira. That's no, not his fault. Then he got Torreira. And he asked for a couple of plays. He asked for Wolford Zaha. He never got Wolford Zaha. He got Pepe instead. So that Arteta wasn't his fault. Madrid and got Trossard. Arteta asked Rafinha and got some... I don't think we got anyone, actually. He also asked for Lissandro Martinez and we got yeah. uh, Zinchenko. So has Arteta not been backed either? Arteta has been backed, but I think but what, what if he's Arteta... not getting the players he's asked for? Like you say, Emery didn't get backed for not getting the players that he asked for. Yeah, you're, you're right. He didn't get the players that he asked for. But what I'm saying with Arteta, he's got the funds, he's got the backing, but say one example Havertz he's got Havertz yeah. and he's not done anything for us we could have got Kudos instead he didn't get anything Havertz hasn't done anything for us okay let's take yesterday's game he didn't score any goals he didn't get oh. any assists neither did Saka should he go as well Saka he's I would give Saka one more season because really? I don't think, yeah, I, it's just not working. Uh, or we should move mean Saka it's not into the middle. What? <laughs> None of our attacking is working. So it's either come to a point where Arteta has to go or all the players. And you can't get rid of all the players. Saka it's, has 19. Sorry, Saka has 21. Uh, you can, if you count the community shield, we will take that out. He has 20 yeah. goal contributions this season. It's January. Last yeah. season, Saka got 26 goal contributions. The season before that, he got 19 goal contributions. That was as a 20-year-old. Um, but you'd give him one more season. Yeah, because I think with Saka, he needs some, a competition. Nelson is not a competition for Saka. Right, but because a player needs competition, it doesn't mean that you give them one more season. That's If you're saying you give them one more season and your reason why is because he's not had competition, do you see why that that doesn't really add up? Yeah, I understand, but he's not performed in the last few games. So as other people, like the other players as well. But I don't mean you so, sell them. <laughs> but he's, he's a sellable asset. So unless we're going to do the um, uh, Ainsley, okay. Ainsley thing where we just throw money and let him go for free, we're selling Saka. Okay, I, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not even going to give him another season. You know, I'm going to sell him this summer. We got 100 million for Saka. Who are you replacing Saka with? That's going to change just on that right hand side. Uh, for Saka, we can get Rafinha instead. So you'd replace Bukayo Saka with Rafinha at Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how many goals Rafinha has got this season for Barcelona? I haven't checked the goal stats for three. Rafinha. Three in La Liga and one in the Copa del Rey. In, fifth, in 19 games, he has four goals. 
That's not regret, good as well. Yeah, so we'd have to but we'd have to do something in terms of the attacking because I know that Arteta's been back, but he's only signed one striker throughout his tenure with us. So that's not good. He well, keeps he had a buying defenders for two of them. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't bring them in. No, but he yeah, had because that was there already. Yeah, but you're not going to sign a striker when you've got those two, are you? No, what I was saying is he's only bought Jesus, and Jesus is sort of a left That was only last summer. That was only the summer in 2020, uh, 2023. Sorry, 2022. So he's, it was the summer before this season, rather, if you think of it. So the summer before this season being 2023 summer this season. 2022 was the summer of last, se- of, the, yeah, of last season. This season, we'd signed Jesus. We'd renewed Nketiah because we knew that we weren't going to be able to replace it with the money that we wanted to spend on other positions like Rice and Havertz. Havertz is the one. Like Havertz, I don't have, I don't have a qualm with people's concerns with Havertz because I think it's a fair debate. I think it's a fair concern. But what I have a problem with is suggestions that Arteta is the crux of the issue of why we're not scoring when we're clearly creating loads of chances that aren't being taken. The, the issue I've got is suggestions that we should sell Martinelli and Saka. Like, you're not the only one who said that today, Munzi. I'm not, I'm not focusing in on you specifically. Yeah. Chris came in earlier and said that, you know, we should think about selling Martinelli and, 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 and Saka, replacing them with Liao and I can't remember the other one. Um, but do you not feel like, I think that what you've shown is the reactionary nature of where we are. Because a few weeks ago, before the Aston Villa game, we were top. We've had five games. We've had a poor run. And we're now in a situation where fans like yourself, Munz, are saying we should sell Saka. Do you not think that's a bit reactionary? I would say it's a bit reactionary, but the the only problem I have is we're looking at solutions and obviously he's got no money now. FFP and everything going on. So we need to do something. I mean, we can't go and sell Nelson, sell Ram. If you're not going to use Ramsdale, sell him and bring the money in that way. Yeah, we've got ESR he's not using, which I don't know why. He can play in the yes. middle, he can play on the, on the wing, and he's not using, which is so frustrating. Because When was the last that's what can good performance you can remember of Smith-Rowe? Chelsea. Chelsea. Chelsea game last year. Last season. Was that the, the home game or the away game? I think it was the away game, where you scored. And Bukayo scored as well. Yes, I will find that. So we're going back... I think a considerable number of performances to that. I like Smithrow. I think he's a good player. But again, yeah. I I don't think uh he didn't play in the home game against Chelsea. He didn't play in the Chelsea game. He didn't play in either Chelsea game last season, actually. He was injured for one and on the bench for the other one. Are we going back to the Boxing Day game when he came I on? I think it was yeah, when he came on. Um, he scored in the 4-2 win at Chelsea in 2022 when we won 4-2 and Saka scored the penalty at the end of the game. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. So we have to go back to April 2022 for Smith-Rowe's last top performance that we can remember. And that is the player that we're looking at and saying, why is he not playing? I I agree in this. I think he deserves more minutes. I'm not going to debate that. But I I can't have an argument from the side of things to say Arteta's doing something wrong by not playing Smith-Rowe when the last time that we can reference as a memorable contribution from Smith-Rowe was April 2022. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but he's not had the minutes or the opportunity. So again, that's not his fault. That's Arteta not choosing him. He hasn't had as many minutes as I was. I would like. 
Yeah. Sure. But he has had minutes in games. But he's given up for two minutes yesterday. Two yeah, minutes. no, he should have been brought on earlier. Again, I think he deserves more minutes, but I I just don't think that Arteta's management of Smith Rowe is a crux that means that if we manage Smith Rowe better, we'd be in a vastly better position than we are now. No, but there's the opportunity that he's trying something. Like I said, he Arteta doesn't have a plan B, so this is the plan B without spending money, but he's not utilising the plan B. He can put Martinelli in the middle. He's not doing that. Martinelli's form has been pretty dire this season, to be fair. Yeah, but as well. Martinelli's problem is he doesn't lift his head. So if you're not going to lift your head, just go in the middle and shoot. Okay. Because I, I, that, that's the solution. I don't think... Well, I mean, it's a theory. I wouldn't call it a solution because then we're saying it is without a doubt going to be the what solves our problems. Smith, putting Martinelli in the middle... I'm up for trying it, but I'm not going to sit here and say that it, it turns Arsenal into a team that suddenly beats Liverpool and City to the title this season. I think no, no. that for me, we don't have that solution yeah. this season. I think that had we had Timber, had we had Partey like we did last, Partey missed like five or six games last season in the Premier League. It was his best season of availability. Had we had had that this season, had Timber been available, I think we would be seeing a very different Arsenal this season. But we don't have that. And that sucks. Yeah. We've also been having White with an injury issue that he's been carrying, Saka with an injury issue that he's been carrying. We lost Martinelli, we lost Trossard, we've lost Vieira, we've lost Smithrow, as you mentioned, for parts of this season. We've lost Zinchenko in key points. Even Saka we lost for the Man City game, and we still won it. Odegaard we had with a concussion and a hip problem throughout this season. You know, we've lost lots of players. I think there are mistakes we can point to, but I don't think there is enough for outrage about Arteta. But we've been in the process four years. Well, coming to four years, we do need to be challenging. And the fact that he's throwing all these cups, like we're Man City or Liverpool, I don't understand where the arrogance come from. What arrogance? This Carabao uh, Cup, FA Cup. We've not won anything since he's won and got the job. Right. Since he, since that point, he's just dashed all the cups in the bin. So he if he was winning, could, could he not? Depending on. The players available, yes. Because yeah. that's the player so we had he, available. How has, thrown, how has he thrown the FA Cup? How is that arrogant? How what we saw yesterday was arrogance. Explain yeah, to me okay. that. So, not yesterday, because yesterday we had to go in with what we had. There was no alternative option. We did it because Jesus was available, and that's that. We couldn't do anything more other than the finishing. But again, who's at fault for that? It's got to come down to the training, or something's not right there. In terms of, I think last season, I think we went out with Nottingham. No, I think we went out in Man City. Man City. I don't know what happened there. Man City, again, that's, we should have played well, a full trip so yeah. That's probably a reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I think there are criticisms of the lineup for the Man City game last season we talked about. He started holding, I think, in that game. Um, I don't know if Saliba was available or not. I can't remember that enough about the game, but I, mean, I do know it was Man City. Uh, I mean, we bought that. Kivio as well. I mean, we could have bought a, a, a more established centre-back last season when we were in the good run. I mean, we'll trust that. We we well, you say we yeah. should have signed a more established centre-back. Who's going to come in and play knowing that they've got Gabriel and Saliba? Like, how for 20 million quid, what centre-back are you signing that gets us more than that? Um... I don't know, but there would have been some. 
There would have been some in the market. I've got, Muns, is that like I have a lot of energy from you know critics and whatever saying X Y Z, but when I ask for solutions, the solutions that we've got so far are selling Saka for Rafinha, bringing in Michelle, who is the manager of Girona, who's never won a major trophy in his entire career, but is doing very well at the moment for Girona. You know, look, bringing Smith Rowe on, putting Martin Elliott centre forward. I'm not seeing these arguments as enough to convince me that what I've been saying is wrong. Does that is that fair? No, it's fair because it's your opinion. But I, I just think yeah. that being being with Arsenal, how we are, we are a big club. We should be going for the Premier League. It's coming to twenty years. We can't wait another twenty okay. years. Let's finish on this question then, because I think that's a fair point to finish. What about Arsenal? And you can say anything about the club. Said to you, they don't have an ambition to try and win the league this season. Where's the players coming out and saying, "What is your ambition?" Saying finishing top four. That that is the mentality. Uh, a that. lot of the players, Ramsdale, Ramsdale, Ramsdale's not playing. It can't be this season. He said that surely. I'm sure it was either this season or last season. I think it was last season when we were in contention to winning the Premier League. And that's what they asked them. And that's what they said. They said, oh, we need to finish top four and win a trophy. But we will go for the title last season. Right. Let me have a look. Um, so in September of 2022, so that was a month into last season, Said the dressing room targets have been have been sort of left alone. The cliche is one game at a time, but it's a new experience for a lot of us playing in Europe. And personally, I think we can be a big priority to us to try and win the Europa League. I don't see why we can't. It's a trophy, it's a trophy, it's European football. We came close to the top four last year. That should be a given and a trophy along the way. So Ramsdale has said that the aim is to win a trophy and to get into the top four. That was in September of last season when we were a month into the campaign. We didn't win any trophies. That's the problem. Well, Last no, season, no, we didn't. You said the ambition isn't there for Arsenal to win a trophy. And you said Ramsdale said this. And then I found the quote. And Ramsdale yep. said the ambition is to win a trophy. And then you said we didn't win a trophy. We, uh, the ambition was to win, but we didn't win. We should have won the Premier League title. We didn't win that either. Right. But I said to you, when you said the ambition of this club should be to win the league, yeah. I said, what have you seen that tells me that the club doesn't have an ambition to win the league? You told me Aaron Ramsdale's quote from last season. But Aaron Ramsdale's quote from last season was, we want to win a trophy and top four should be a given, is what he said. Not that's our aim. He said top four should be a given. Yeah, I, I just think we, we need to be a bit more perspective regarding where we need to get at least winning cups. And I don't understand why we're but not winning said, any of these cups. He said that. <laughs> That's what he <laughs> said. Like Ramsdale has said, we need to be looking at winning trophies. But you said that that's not what he said. Yeah, but we, what I'm saying is we didn't go out and do the business. We, we didn't win anything last season. We, no, we I were know, out I know the cups. But I haven't got like I've got an issue if Arsenal, you know, if if the if the, the team that wins the tournaments is Man City winning a treble, you know, that's that's what Arsenal are aiming towards. You know, yeah. we got knocked out by Man City in the FA Cup. I can come to terms with that. We got knocked out by Liverpool in this year's FA Cup. I can come to terms with that, even though the fact that I think we should have won the game by the chances we created. Yeah, we got knocked out by West Ham in this year's League Cup. Annoying, frustrating. Don't like that. We should be beating West Ham. Last season, Europa League, we got knocked out by Sporting. Should be beating Sporting. 
You know, there are tangible things I can think I can be frustrated about. And there are things that I, I don't think there is reasons for to be frustrated about. And I don't think saying that, I don't think Arsenal, this is me saying what you have said, saying that Arsenal are a club that for you aren't showing ambition and then referencing a player's quote that turns out they did say they wanted to win a trophy and that top four should be a given, I think reveals actually that maybe things aren't as you perceive them to be. It may well be, but again, we well, should be winning trophies. Coming on. Uh, but I've got another caller, but I appreciate you having the front and the uh, the respect to come on the show and be respectful as well. I appreciate that. So thank you. No worries. Thank you, Dob. Thanks, Muns. Appreciate Muns coming on. Please show him plenty of love in the chat box. Um, let's bring on our, what I probably is going to be our last caller and a good friend of mine, actually, is Tom Rosenhammer. How you doing, Tom? You good? You well, mate? Yeah, doing very well. How are you, Tom? Not bad. Well, I've been better. It must be silly o'clock <laughs> where you are, mustn't it? It is silly o'clock, yeah. And uh, yeah. I've stayed up way too late because uh, the cable channel HBO had a Sopranos marathon. And I kept watching, <laughs> kept watching. And I decided I'm just going to uh, call in to work. And then also I saw that you were live and I saw the topics. And then, uh, and I'm not going to challenge you, even though we could Me first. I, I love being okay. I mean, <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and we've already done it on on Twitter, but you know, for these purposes, I still believe that ESR is a better mm. player than Reese Nelson. For okay. me, for me, the Reese Nelson yesterday, what his performance for me was encapsulated when he took a he took a dive, he flopped, and when he went down, he did he did the the Busquets thing where he looked at the ref immediately, and there was a lot of that on both sides. And that's an entire different conversation. But I didn't like how he did that and just kind of uh, trying to, to um, I don't want to say cheating, but to do things other than win on merit. Right. And, and, and that really bothered me. And I, look, I, if you think your players dived, you're right to be annoyed about that. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I actually don't remember that situation. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying I personally don't remember that happening, but I was sitting from an angle that was different, so I may have missed it. So, yeah, who knows? You know, the U.S. broadcast may be different than... Uh, no, I was I was there, so, I, you know... Oh, okay, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, to go back to uh, the original topic, I'm a huge ESR fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of anyone from the Hale End. Sure. And... I'm, no, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. Well... I think I think I mean he does have he scored in Germany. I I, I remember when he was at Hoffenheim and he had some yeah. goals there. And then we all said, you know, this, he's got potential. You know, this kid's got potential. And you know, to go to a foreign country and achieve things, I just think honestly that he is just trading on that goal against Bournemouth. He had that goal against Bournemouth, and then I think Arteta is just going to the well one too many times and thinking he'll do it again, he'll do it again, he'll do it again. And I think if if I'm a, I don't want to say a gambler, but if I'm investing in someone, I would rather have ESR in that position. And I know ESR is meant to go down the middle, but I think he can do a job from the wing. He's very direct. Show, I put him in my team on the left. You know, yeah. so I'm actually I was with you before the game. Like I put Smith Rowe as my starting left winger for this game. However, I liked Reese's performance. I I, okay. I thought it was 
I thought it was energetic. I thought he offered the pace that we've been lacking. I thought Martinelli being benched and coming on, he looked better than I think he'd looked in previous games when he came off the bench yesterday. But the thing with Smith Rowe is that in the opportunities that he has had, which are minimal, like we can all agree, are are minimal, we have to go back, I think, a long, long way. Like the Sheffield United game, I think he started that. Yeah, um, he had an assist in that in that match. He yeah. did have an assist in that, but I mean, you know. Right. Uh, you or I could have had an assist in that one. It's the yeah. overall performance I'm kind of <laughs> looking at. You know, we think about Raya against West Ham. He pulled off a penalty. No one talks about that. And it was a 5-0 win and Smith Rowe, yes, got an assist. But I think it was an assist which, which he laid off in Ketia for about 35 yards who then spanked it in the top left-hand corner, didn't he? Yeah. So, you know, it's the overall display. And I don't think that Smith Rowe has done enough that makes me think, yes, we've missed him, but that thinks that he is the crux that turns us into a title-winning side. Do you know what I mean? I hear that. How? What do you? What did you think? I thought. I thought he was pretty good against Fulham. He had that shot on goal. It wasn't delivered with the most power, but it was as good as anyone had done that day. And I, I just, I admire that he's always a positive player. He's always going forward. I think he's not one to get out there and deliver back passes. Now, when I say that though, there is, I, I, I'm convinced that the principal reason that Arteta doesn't play him is uh, ESR doesn't do windows. He doesn't defend very well. He doesn't like to track back. I think he's what people consider a luxury player. He, he likes to collect the ball in the front third and just do his business there. And that if someone gets the ball off of him and then attacks the other end then he just i don't want to say he can't be bothered but he's not like declan rice who's going to track that person down get the ball back and distribute it back into an attacking player that's been my biggest criticism of esr it's that and then also i don't think he's the best passer in the world i know he's meant to be a number 10 but if you are a defender who is marking esr you know he's minded to shoot the ball most of the time he's not he's not convinced anyone that he can slip someone in the way Trossard can or the way that um Martin Odegaard or even Bukayo Saka I mean so many of our players can deliver these quick passes and that is ESR's biggest opportunity and I'm a huge fan of his I and I think he really has that capability because he's got all these other guys that he's already he trains with and etc and it doesn't take much, you know, obviously he's hail end and, and come up in the system. He just needs to develop that peripheral vision of looking the one way and passing it the way other players have done for, for decades. Oh, I can't hear you, man. I'm on, I'm okay. on mute. That's me. Oh, I said, okay. uh, <laughs> he, he needs to develop that part of his game. Um, but he won't unless he gets given more chances. And I don't think that's going to happen at Arsenal at the moment. It just doesn't seem like Arteta is, is seizing. He clearly sees Reese as, as higher in the pecking order now than, than Smith Rowe for, I think, you know, I think yesterday's performance from Reese for me showed why actually he is above Smith Rowe in the pecking order mm. personally, but that's just my perception of the game. Um, I, I think that the best thing for Smith Rowe and for Arsenal is, is, is a sale of a significant amount of money. 
that I'm not, and I'm taking my Arsenal hat off when I say that because I just think for him personally at 23, 22, 23 years of age, you need to be playing. And if you're not playing, there, there isn't much point staying at the club. And so he is a financial asset to Arsenal that if they get a very good fee for, you know, you could see Aston Villa maybe coming in for him. Newcastle, I right. think, have been interested as well. Chelsea, we know, have had an interest previously, but they have Palmer now, so I don't think they'll come back. But Smith Rowe is a person that I see leaving in the next two years easily. Um, and to be honest, I, whilst I'll regret that he didn't find that potential at Arsenal, I, I will understand why that situation developed the way that it did, not only because of the injuries that he suffered, but because I don't think he fits into Arteta's system either. Right. He doesn't do the quick passes. Yeah, but I don't think I think his best position is, as you said, is is like an archetypal number ten, and we don't play a four two three one with a with a ten anymore, like we did with yeah. Özil when he was there. And I think that he's a different type of player to Özil, obviously, because he's more direct and he's you know he likes to drive at the opposition when he's got the ball and play the little triangles and things like that. So I just think we don't fit a Smith Rowe, and that's why it's not working. Now I I think there was a future for him on that left hand side, but Martinelli's progression saw him rise above Smith Rowe. And I think actually now we do suit a more typical winger, inverted winger like like Martinelli is. So, yeah, it's very hard. I'll, I'll finish the show with you, Tom, on, on Arteta. What are your expectations of him? And what I want to hear is kind of like what you think realistically, based upon what I believe to be was punching above our weight somewhat last season and surprising yeah. everybody... What yeah, then is a what then realistically should he be measured against for this season? Well, number one, because I saw some talk this week on social media, I think he's got 18 months remaining. 100% he should be renewed. Because as yeah. you've mentioned, who are we going to get in? Um, and I'm but shocked I, actually. I don't that... like that, Tom. Like, I, I see okay. why you said it. But <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like when people say we should renew Arteta because there's no one else. Like that. Okay, that's that a fair me point. Is not yeah. a reason to renew a manager. Like you should renew a manager on their merit, if that makes sense. Yes, you know? I think so. If we're going to say, if we're going to establish milestones as such, I think, mm. I think top four. I don't want to say top four is assured, but I'm, I'm I'm fairly certain that we'll achieve top four. I think in Europe, I think, uh, I think we'll progress past Porto. Um, and I don't know if anyone's ever said this, uh, at least recently, I am actually more convinced. I think we have a better chance to win Europe than we have to win the league without question. Yeah. yeah. And, and part of that is, and, and, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll quick aside the way we're playing right now, our possession based football, I think is much more appropriate for Europe. And, and I think we'll be more effective in Europe. And I know the topic for the entire show has been our finishing, our finishing. I think in Europe, our players, I don't know what it is. I think people that have watched, say, for instance, the Ferguson teams. You watch the Ferguson teams that played in England, the Ferguson teams that played in Europe. They knew what to do. In Europe, you're, you get to pounce. It's, it's like a boxing match. You know, you take, you take, you take, you deliver when it's appropriate. Whereas if you're in the league, you deliver, it's much more free-flowing. So um, I think, yes, we're much more likely, man, and, and we'll all go bananas if we win Europe. Um, I think in the league, top four, top three, 
Yeah, top three, really. Yes, I think well, sadly, no other than Liverpool and Man City should be finishing above us, really. Right. Yes. If we if we allow if we allow and we won't. Um, Spurs, yeah. No. Yeah, because uh, the idea that they've been that anyone that brings Timo Werner back to England, <laughs> because I I I grew up in Germany. My father was in the Air Force. I watched the German national yeah. team. You know, and you and I both watched the Red Bull teams. Um, he's not a great finisher. He just isn't. Um, in fact, Ooh. Kai Havertz could look at him and go, well, at least I'm not as bad as you. And <laughs> You're not a fan. I think that's evident. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think, so uh, to your point, to say that there's no one better, I think Arteta's really got something. We've really got something going. I like the direction. Well, I like last year without Europe, we were much more um, wide open. I often come back to the uh, the quote from Jock Steen, 1967, you know, obviously when Celtic won the final. And when they asked him, why did you win the final? He said, we played this. I can't, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was basically saying it was free-flowing football. There wasn't a negative thought in our head. And I kind of wonder sometimes if Arteta directs our players to maintain possession sometimes, even though if you see an opportunity to maintain possession as a maintain, you know, we're, we're directing the game. We're maintaining the tempo, dictating this and that and the other thing. So I think in the league, sometimes for me, if we say, why aren't we scoring, man, I think sometimes our players see an opportunity, but somehow have a, a voice in the back of their head saying, not yet, not yet, not yet. And and um, that is, you know, correlation isn't causation. But I think when I, as a fan, watch it sometimes, man, that's what I think is there are opportunities when someone can let it fly. And, you know, obviously Thomas Partey will let it fly from the halfway line. But there are some, there are some moments where it's just, oh, you know, we're all yelling for people to shoot. And then Declan Rice, um, he loves to shoot from distance, but he hasn't even – I think he had one distance shot yesterday. Um, it, yeah, straight at Allison. Yeah. Yes, and it was it was yeah safely collected. So, yes, Arteta is one hundred percent the way forward. I think Arteta. I would even say if even if we finish, God, heaven forbid, we finish sixth. I, I would still. Oh, I don't know. I think if we finish <laughs> sixth, there is there's some real conversations to be had about okay. what is going on. Because there is no... Because if you look at the table as it is, if Arsenal were to finish sixth, right, it would mean that Liverpool, Aston Villa, um, Man City, Spurs, and then one of West Ham, Brighton... I can't believe I'm going to say this next word. Manchester United <laughs> would be finishing above us. And then I'm thinking, look, I have taken the absolute you-know-what out of Man United for how poor they are. Any right. of those teams finishing above us in the season, I'm sorry, mate. But there is, then you can start having some 
questions about what on <laughs> earth has happened. Now, I, I, yeah. I'm very confident that that's not going to happen because I see what we're doing. And what we're doing is, is we're creating untold amount of chances that we're just not putting away. And I think that this is a bad spell. Man City went through one earlier this season as well that saw them drop into like third, fourth in the league at one point because they won two out of seven games. They've now managed to restore that form and look at what they're doing. They're going battering Huddersfield in the FA Cup. They know they've won games relatively comfortably recently. They've got a 2 0 win over Sheffield United, a 3 1 win over Everton. Um, but prior to that, yeah, it was two wins, which was one very narrowly against Luton. Um, and then, of course, they had yeah. that big win against Bournemouth. But they drew against Chelsea. They drew against Liverpool. They drew against Spurs. They lost to Villa. Um, they drew against Crystal Palace. You know, they had a bad patch. But they still created loads of chances during those games, other than the Villa game, obviously. But what I think is that we're in a position where we are a goal or two away from rediscovering that confidence. I think that the Crystal Palace game is massive. You, We have to win that, and I think we have to try and win that well. And if you win that well by taking your chances, I think suddenly something just clicks in your head again as a team and you re rediscover that that form and fire and and i hope that we do that but tom is thanks for jumping on i think is this the first time you've been on tgt or have you been on before no this is the very first time this there you is go. the very first time so thanks very much thanks very Pleasure. much um one quick question for you does bukayo saka does he come on as a sub anytime in the next three months because it seems like He's carrying all the water, and yeah. even yeah, though yeah. he's young and capable, you and... we shouldn't sell him and buy Rafinha. Is that not what? You're <laughs> no, I. The only way we sell him is if someone gives us a club, facilities and all. Yeah, that is yeah. ridiculous. Give us a uh, club, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, some. It, it, I mean, it, it is ridiculous sometimes when you when you do the math and 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 people see. If you offer two hundred million, you can buy clubs. Clubs, rather yeah. than a play. yeah, that's, that's you the can... money we're playing. Yeah. So yeah, that's so for right Buc- half of Watford, well, that's, that's, yeah. that's what we're saying. Yeah, precisely. So so yeah, Bukayo Saka, no, uh, especially as has been mentioned many times. Bukayo Saka at his current age, Muhammad Salah was still at Basel, and Bukayo has a tremendous ceiling. We're going to see a lot of great things coming from him. I think right now we're just relying on him too much. I think he is more tired than we are willing to accept. And also people are kicking him and maybe he needs a rest, if not uh, physically, but mentally. And I'll just finish it with this because I know you want to wrap it up. But I think if there's one thing I wish Arteta would do, and he's done it before, is to be a little more chaotic. Put Martinelli on the other side, you know, do something to confuse the defense because Liverpool do that sometimes. And the defense, I think no matter how much they can rehearse and watch film, but if you do that, where you intersperse players, it's so confusing. And I think it is always in favor of the attack to do that because the defense just doesn't know how to react. Whereas the attack always does, because you've been doing that since you were a schoolboy. you know, you switch sides. If I've got the ball, I'm just looking for whoever cuts in. So I think, if we put Bukayo occasionally on that side and Martinelli on the other side, I think we'll see some tremendous improvements. You know, it's just a it's it's a mental thing. It's that's a it's it's as simple as that. So thanks very much, Tom, for having me on. You've done a great job here. Sure, mate. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on, my friend. See you in a few months, man. See you in a few months, mate. It's been a pleasure. 
Tom's an absolute legend. Uh, he's met him, obviously, in London a few times and in Chicago as well. Um, good friend of our mutual friend, Mike Feinberg, from the Gunners Pod as well, of course, you have to mention. Um, but, uh, yeah, thank you to Tom and thank you to all of our listeners and callers today. I will say, as you probably expected me to say, that this was an opportunity for the critics to jump on and tell me why I'm wrong. Did they show up? Well, a couple did, but told me that Rafinha should replace Saka. So, you know, we, that's where we're kind of at with uh, with that side of things. But a lot didn't. And that's on you. Yeah, he didn't show up. Uh, I can't do any more. I also want to send my condolences and thoughts and well wishes to Sophie Nicolau, our good friend at the Highbury Squad, who announced yesterday that very sadly her mother passed away. Uh, our, Sophie is an amazing person. And I've got all the love in the world for her um, and her family as well. And um, yeah, it was really hard to to hear that news. And it does put into perspective, just like Rob talking earlier about um, things going on in his family world as well, one of our callers. It does give you the perspective that Arsenal Football Club is a thing that we're very passionate about. We love and we, you know, it's an amazing thing in our lives. And sometimes it uh, brings us great happiness. Sometimes it brings us great sadness, but it is only a part of your life. And there are things far more important than that um, going on. So, yes, uh, a massive, massive thought. So please do go and send Sophie all the love in the world because she needs it right now. Um, and when she returns to action on the hybrid squad, make sure that you're sending her plenty of support as well. Thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow morning, probably not with a two-hour long show. Um, <laughs> and also look out for my uh, interview with Reese Nelson a little bit later on uh, today as well on London. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate your time. Drop a like on the video, subscribe if you're new. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.